Greetings in the Lord Jesus. Good to see y'all again. It's been a little different week, as I imagine some of you could imagine. And uh, I didn't feel like preparing a proper sermon, so we're going to read a good bit of scripture this morning <coughs> related to the Lord and his suffering and so forth. So anyway, that's going to be our message. I may make a few comments along the way. And there's plenty of things I could say, but I won't. But let's start uh, with this verse. Wherefore, holy brethren, or it could be holy sisters too, by the way, it includes both. Partakers of the heavenly calling. And the word partakers caught my eye. We are going to be partakers in this communion service this morning too. So wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. And that's what we want to do from the scripture this morning. And actually, I plan to come back and end up at that verse after a while. So turn with me to Psalm 22. <coughs> Early in the week when I was thinking about Putting together a proper sermon, I was the, the phrase going through my mind was the condescension of Jesus. The way that he came down and was willing to just give it all up and, and become a nothing, a nobody. And then he became less than that. He became a criminal. Or at least they treated him like one and, and killed him as a criminal. So I have uh, several Old Testament passages about the Lord before time, and then some New Testament ones too. Psalm 22. As you, uh, as we go through this, think about the Lord and picture him hanging there on the cross when he cried out these words that the psalm starts with and, and notice how the psalm describes how he must have felt. And we have to wonder, what in the world was David experiencing that he wrote this? I mean, certainly he had something in his own life that led to it. But anyway, we know what the Lord was, well, we, we know about what the Lord was experiencing. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Oh, my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and am not silent. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Interesting phrase. Did God inhabit your praises this morning? All right. Our fathers trusted in thee. They trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee and were delivered. They trusted in thee and were not confounded. But, but I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. <clears throat> they shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted in the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighteth in him. And you can find people, and I think it's in Matthew, saying almost those very words. I don't think they knew they were quoting the Old Testament at the time, but there were some of the scribes and Pharisees. But, verse 9, but thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. 
Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, and it is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws. And thou hast brought me into the dust of death. For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, they pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones, they look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. But be not thou far from me, O Lord, O my strength, haste thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorns. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. And you notice toward the end of this psalm and a number of these other passages, things turn brighter. And, well, <laughs> Sundays are coming. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye the seed of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All ye the seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor poured the affliction of the afflicted. Neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard. My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. And all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. For the kingdom is the Lord's. And he is the governor among the nations. All they that be fat upon the earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dust shall bow before him. And none can keep alive his own soul. A seed shall serve him. There's the church we talked about. A seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born, that he hath done this. <coughs> and I like verse 24. He hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. God did not look away from the Lord Jesus. He saw and was satisfied. And I read that, and I saw the next psalm, and I thought, well, let's read that too. It talks about the valley of the shadow of the death. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies, in their very presence. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yea, though I walk through the valley. Isaiah 52 Here in the latter part of Isaiah, a number of passages about my servant. This is a very familiar one. 
And again, think about the Lord Jesus. Verse 13, Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. And many were astonished at thee. His visage was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. The kings shall shut their mouths at him. For that which had not been told them they shall see, and that which they had not heard shall they consider. Who hath believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Jesus was a common man. <laughs> he wasn't the most handsome fellow around. I would take it from that. Verse 3, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Now verse 8 says he was cut off. He didn't have any children, no generation. Verse 10 says, he shall see his seed. Verse 11, he shall see the tra of the travail of his soul. Okay, verse 11, God the Father shall see of the travail of his soul, Jesus' soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing, and cry aloud, thou that didst not, didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Sunday's a coming, I guess we could say. Let's go to Mark 14. 
Verse 43, this is in the garden after he prayed. And immediately while he yet spake cometh Judas, one of the twelve, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. And he that betrayed them, him had given them a token, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, the same is he. Take him and lead him away safely. And as soon as he was come, he goeth straightway to him and saith, Master, Master, and kissed him. And they laid their hands on him and took him. And one of them that stood by drew a sword and smote a servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And we know that was Peter. And we know Peter decided he was going to do something about this. And I guess this passage, as I, I thought about it this week, especially the latter part of the week, I was thinking about how those disciples must have felt. This is wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. It ought not be happening. <laughs> so anyway. Okay, let's keep going, sorry. <laughs> All right, verse 48. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Are you come out as against a thief with swords and with staves to take me? I was daily with you in the temple teaching, and you took me not. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. And they all forsake him and fled. And there followed him a certain young man, having a linen cloth cast about his naked body. And the young men laid hold of him, and he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. And most people assume that was Mark himself, and that's why this note is there. But we don't know that. So anyway. And they led Jesus away to the high priest. And with him were assembled all the chief priests and elders and scribes. And Peter followed him afar off, even into the palace of the high priest. And he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. And the chief priest and all the council sought for witness against Jesus to put him to death and found none. For many bear witness against him, but their witness agreed not together. And there arose certain and bear false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. But neither so did their witness agree together. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answerest thou nothing? What is it that these witness against thee? But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? <coughs> and Jesus said, I am. And you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes and saith, What need we any further witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What think ye? And they all condemned him to be guilty of death. A man who had told them the truth, they condemned him because I am the Son of God. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to buffet him and say unto him, Prophesy! And the servants did strike him with the palms of their hands. And then you have Peter denying him in the rest of the chapter. Let's just go on to verse 15. And straightway in the morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council and bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answering said unto him, Thou sayest it. And the chief priest accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. Pilate asked him again, saying, Answerest thou nothing? Behold, how many things they witness against thee. 
But Jesus answered, yet answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled. Now at that feast he released unto them one prisoner, whomsoever they desired. And there was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them, that had made insurrection with him, who had committed murder in the insurrection. And the multitude, crying aloud, began to desire him to do as he had ever done unto them. But Pilate answered them, saying, Will ye that I release unto you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priests had delivered him for envy. Every time I come across that verse, I think of a sermon I heard getting on close to 50 years ago now, The Sin That Killed Jesus. And this was his text, Envy. But the chief priest moved the people that he should rather release Barabbas unto them. And Pilate answered and said unto them, What will ye then that I shall do unto him whom ye call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. And Pilate said unto them, Why? What evil hath he done? And they cried out the more exceedingly, Crucify him. And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. And the soldiers led him away to the hall called Praetorium, and they called together the whole band, and they clothed him with purple, and plaited a crown of thorns, and put it about his head, and began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews! And they smote him on the head with a reed, and did spit upon him, and bowing their knees, worshipped him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him, and put his own clothes on him, and led him out to crucify him. And they compel one Simon a Cyrenian, who had passed by, passed by, coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. And they bring him unto the place Golgotha, which is, being interpreted, the place of a skull. And they gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh, and he received it not. And when they had crucified him, they parted his garments, casting lots upon them, what every man should take. And it was the third hour, and they crucified him. And the superscription of his accusation was written over the king of the Jews. And again, (laughs) the truth written above it. And with him they crucified two thieves, the one on his right hand, the other on his left. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And they that passed by railed on him, wagging their heads and saying, Ah, thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself and come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priests, these are the gentlemen, the important people, you know. Likewise, also the chief priests mocking said unto, among themselves with the scribes, He saved others, himself he cannot save. Let Christ the King of Israel descend now from the cross, that we may see and believe. And they that were crucified with him reviled him. And when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole earth until the ninth hour. This was noon till three o'clock in the afternoon. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of them that stood by, when they heard it, said, Behold, he calleth Elias. And one ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar, and put it on a reed, and gave him to drink, saying, Let alone, 
Let us see whether Elias will come to take him down. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. And the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And when the centurion, which stood over against him, saw that he cried out, so cried out, and gave up the ghost, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. Let's go to Philippians chapter 1. in the epistles you get into our response somewhat but uh, I'm going to start in verse 27 only let your conversation your lifestyle your life be as it becometh the gospel of Christ that whether I come and see you or else be absent I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel and in nothing terrified by your adversaries which is to them an evident token of perdition but to you of salvation and that of God for unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him but also to suffer for his sake having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me if there be therefore any consolation in Christ if any comfort of love if any fellowship of the spirit if any bowels and mercies fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded having the same love being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth, and things under the earth. I'd like to turn back now to Psalm 31. The psalm that I read again later in the week it does have one verse in it that Jesus said during this time in thee O Lord do I put my trust let me not let me never be ashamed deliver me in thy righteousness bow down thine ear to me deliver me speedily be thou my strong rock for an house of defense to save me for thou art my rock and my fortress, therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me, for thou art my strength. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. 
I have hated them that regard lying vanities, but I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble. Thou hast known my soul in adversities, and hast not shut me up unto the hand of the enemy. Thou hast set my feet in a large room. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Mine eye is consumed with grief, yea, my soul and my belly. For my life is spent with grief, and my years with sighing. My strength faileth because of mine iniquity, and my bones are consumed. I was reproach among all mine enemies, but especially among my neighbors, and a fear to mine acquaintance. They that did see me without fled from me. I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel, for I have heard the slander of many. Fear was on every side. While they took counsel together against me, they devised to take away my life. But I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my God. My times are in thy hand. Deliver me. From the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. Let the wicked be ashamed, and let them be silent in the grave. Let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. O oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in the pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he hath showed me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. For I said in my haste, I was cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplications when I cried unto thee. O oh, love the Lord, all ye saints, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Now that one probably doesn't apply quite as much to the Lord Jesus, but maybe it applies to other things right now that I thought of. Then I think we will go to Hebrews chapter 2 for the last one. Could have read more from Hebrews, but the, anyway. So in chapter 1, the writer's pointing out how Jesus is far greater than the angels. And then a little later, he starts talking about how he's greater than Moses. But here between, let's start at verse 5. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? This is a quote from Psalm 8. Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor. Thou didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him, it was fitting of him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, 
in bringing many sons, and we could put the daughters in there too, bringing many sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church while I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. Well, there's that church we were talking about again. These people that the Lord has saved and made one with him. Verse 14, for as then... For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, a number of those passages in Psalm I read were crying out, Deliver me! Well, here you are. He did it. He's the deliverer. <laughs> Deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered, being tempted, he is able to help them that are tempted. And maybe you didn't catch this before, but I'll just mention it now. He suffered. We will too. But he is able to succor them that are tempted. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. So we have communion this morning. Consider the Lord Jesus, what he did for us. Remember. All right, we will take a short break. Your sisters can take care of your crock pots or whatever. And uh, Byron, maybe you can have a song in about five minutes or a little less maybe. <laughs>